Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Psalms 25 is where we are today. Psalms 25, starting with verse 1. O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced, but disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me, for you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in light of your unfailing love, for you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness all who keep his covenant and obey his demands. Lord, this is your word, alive and active. May each person here and online hear the message you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think we've missed an opportunity. Sunday of Advent, the first Sunday of Advent, is actually the beginning of the church calendar year. So last night, we could have celebrated New Year's Eve. Wow. I'm I'm already thinking next year. Like, we could have our own New Year's Eve party and game night and and all of that on the Christian calendar. And then come the real New Year's Eve, we all just get to stay home and relax and not have to worry about it, right? I kind of like that idea. But this time of year, do we not already hear people talking about how hard the year has been? How long it's been? And they want, they can't wait for that new year to come, right? We're already, we're, as soon as we hit December, it's like we're already done. I told Thomas we went to, um, Walmart last Sunday, actually. Sunday evening, late afternoon. Um, because like the crazy fool I am had not done my Thanksgiving shopping, you know, for food yet kind of deal. But I was like, hey, Sunday, it'll be good. No. And I told Thomas, I said, I'm done with Walmart. I, I'm not going back till February. I said, that's, that's when it's going to calm down, right? Because as soon as we hit Thanksgiving, man, it just feels like a snowball rolling down the hill, does it not? And, and, and we're just picking up more and more things, and, and my calendar just looks crazy. Do you remember, though, last year, how much we were longing for 2020 to be over, right? Oh, man, we were just looking for 2021, We had hopes that it was going to bring relief and newness. Yet many of us are still here today with heavy hearts, with hardship, heartache, darkness. The sting of despair and death still kind of linger year after year. It didn't come to an end just because the calendar flipped open. Oh, I have calendars. I'm so glad I reminded myself of this. Um, I do have calendars if anyone needs to buy them. Stop it, Raymond. He's making fun of my squirrel brain, but I just, that wasn't on my list this morning. 
But I had some ladies asking me about those. So I do have calendars uh, if you're interested. Because we all want to flip it over for something new in January. And I'm not just talking COVID talk either. Because life is just life. The heaviness is still there. The problems with jobs, the problem with relationships. Even without COVID, we lose our loved ones. And that's just the fact of life. So here we are, once again, beginning the new year, once again, reminded that we still live in a broken world that feels to many of us beyond hope. We feel the despair. Like it it just can't be fixed. Whatever's weighing on you this morning, you're not sure it can be fixed. So we find ourselves this morning clinging to this word, hope, and what it means. The psalmist said, show me the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long, I put my hope, where? In you. In you. This is a specific kind of psalm, so it was actually designed as an acrostic poem, which means that every letter beginning in the Hebrew alphabet was used in this poem. So starting, you know, if it was our alphabet, A to Z, I don't know the Hebrew alphabet, could not recite that all to you off the top of my head. But you can even look, how many verses do we have? 22. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. So we lose that acrostic when we translate into English. We lose what the first intent of this poem was. But what we do not lose is the certain pattern this poem takes for us and how it progresses. Because you see, it starts with this tone of surrender. It starts with, um, because you know, you know, you're like, well, we're talking about hope. Yeah, but verse one is the declaration of surrender that the psalmist is expressing. That he trusts the Lord with all that he has. Read it again. Oh Lord, I give my life to you. Surrender. I give everything, Lord. I give my life. Why? Because I trust in you, my God. I trust in you. There's not a lot in this world I trust in these days. There's not a lot of, you know, used to, there was certain news sources we knew we could trust. I don't trust any news sources anymore. (laughs) I don't trust anything I see on the internet. Warning, when you see something and you read something on Facebook, please go Google it first because it may or may not be true. I remember when internet first came out, people just thought, if it's on there, it's real, right? No. Or there was a a stage of life, if it was printed in a book, it was real. No, anybody can print a book. You can self-print books. So there's not a lot we trust, but the psalmist says, I surrender to you, Lord. Why? Because I trust you. 
and you alone. We hear this type of language in the New Testament in Romans 12 when it talks about offering our bodies as a sacrifice, right? In other words, we surrender everything. So this entire Psalms is about trust. And that's a big place to begin in our faith. Because we have to begin a surrender. The moment that I surrender to Christ, I didn't understand everything in this book. I still don't understand everything in this book. But I trusted. I trusted that there was a God who created me. So he must know me better than I know myself. Surrender is where it all starts. And the psalmist clearly believes that God is trustworthy. Doesn't mean he understands it. Doesn't mean that he understands why things happen the way they do. But he trusts him. Surrender and trust go hand in hand with hope. Because if I didn't surrender, if I didn't trust, where would my hope lie? Hope isn't a blind optimism that we have. But it's a faith in what is good and right. And that we believe that it's going to prevail. We believe that even though this world is broken, God is still in control. We believe that even though this world is chaotic, the king is coming back. (laughs) That's where our hope is. We have hope because we know God is trustworthy. How do I know this? Because history tells me so. This isn't the first time the world has been in chaos. This isn't the first time that believers looked around them and thought, any day, Lord, and God still prevailed. The church still prevails. This book still prevails. Thousands of years later, it's still here. The NIV in verse 3, maybe yours uh, version says that no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. My version said trust. Why? Because it takes trust to hope. There, They go hand in hand. So no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. Now you have to understand in the culture and the day that this poem is written, the, the shame culture of life was big. You did not bring shame upon yourself or your family. So in this culture, bringing shame to oneself or family would have been something to avoid at all costs. And the psalmist said, no one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. Doesn't always feel like that though, does it? In fact, sometimes it feels like the good ones don't win. But if I'm left standing, still believing in Christ, still serving my king, then this world can say whatever they want about me. Because my hope is not in them. My hope does not lie in what others think of me. My hope lies in what God alone thinks of me. Surrender is the beginning. Have you surrendered? Because when we surrender to God, we find that God is trustworthy. When we surrender to God, we ultimately find the hope that we're looking for. 
And you're like, okay, we get it, surrender. But have you surrendered? And I'm not talking about showing up here this morning. Every morning we wake up, we have to have an act of surrender. Of God, this is, this is another day you've given me, another breath you've given me. May I use it to glorify you today. Wherever that may be, at work, at the grocery store, at the doctor's appointment, when we're irritated with that nurse who just doesn't get it, and we surrender. All of us. Not just our money today. We, we gave to you today, Lord. But I'm going to surrender my thoughts. I'm going to surrender my anger. There was someone speaking with me the other day, and they was like, oh, this mouth of mine, I just can't get a hold of it. I said, have you tried letting God? <laughs> it's called surrender. Surrender. In the time that the psalm was written, their hope was focused on the coming of the Messiah. They didn't know who this Messiah would be. We celebrate Christmas and we talk about Jesus as a baby, but do we talk about the coming of the Messiah? Because for you and I today, our hope is in the second coming. Jesus is coming back. And yes, things, James, things looks crazy. And that that's, I agree with you. Like I, there's so much... This is the first time in my life that I've thought, whew, I just sort of feel the rumble. But are we living like it? <laughs> Do we truly, we can say it all day, Jesus is coming. You can post it all day on Facebook, but are you living like it? What do you mean? Who have you told lately about how much God just loves them? Who have you told lately that Jesus... When he came as a baby, this is a great time of year because we talk about Christmas, we talk about Jesus. He came, he died on a cross for us. He was resurrected again, and now we are anticipating his return. But are we living with that hope? Our hope today is for the Messiah to come again, and it all starts still with surrender. Surrendering our lives. We are no different than the stories we read in this Bible. Where they are just living life and they're worried about day-to-day things and, and they're, they're focused on this government oppressing them and, and we're fighting government. We're living it again. History repeating. But see, when we get over into New Testament and we see the disciples, what makes them different? They surrendered everything. And they had to surrender a lot. They had to surrender their careers. They had to surrender their jobs. They had to surrender their fight against the government oppressing them. Because Jesus said, that's not what I came for. You know, we read his, his prayer at the end of John last week. And if you go on to the end, uh, before Jesus is crucified and, and Pilate is asking him if he's the king of the Jews and, and Jesus actually tells Pilate, because remember last week we talked about, he said, God, this world does not know you. And Jesus says to Pilate, I did not come to set up an earthly kingdom. If that were true, my disciples would be fighting to keep you from having me here. Surrender a lot of this political struggle we're in. 
I'm not talking about blindlessly not caring. Be aware. But God is in control no matter what happens. We say Jesus is coming. Let's live like it. Another prominent theme that we see in here is all about God what? Teaching and leading us. We read that verse 4 and 5 about show me the right path, Lord. Point out that road for me to follow. Lead me to the truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. And all day long I put my hope in you. Most of the time when we talk about surrender, people are a little hesitant. Because they think it's the end of life as we know it. (laughs) If I surrender my life to God, and this was a quote from my brother before he passed away, he'll take away all the things I love. (laughs) And then I would remind him of all those things and how's life really working out for you? Because he was all the time calling me to ask me to pray for him. Whether it was finances, whether it was addiction to things. But we're we're hesitant because we're scared. If I surrender, what is God going to take? But can I tell you, church, it's just the opposite. When I surrendered... Life began. Life began. It didn't didn't solve all problems because this world's broken and there's things we're going to face. But man, life began the moment I surrendered and began to follow Christ. Now, I didn't think that at first in 1997 because when I completely surrendered, God moved us to Wicks. What? (laughs) I always said, God, you know, I'm never living in a trailer house and I'm never living in Wicks. Because there's nothing in Wicks. Why would we move to Wicks, right? Yeah, one year after marriage and I'm in Wicks and I was in a trailer house. So God has a sense of humor. I don't remember what Thomas and I was talking about the other day, but he was like, surely this wouldn't happen. I was like, hmm, actually, God is kind of funny that way. I said, I think it's going to happen just because... He'll think it's kind of funny, you know? So be careful. Never say never. I keep warning my children of that. When we surrender to God, it's a starting point of our story. It's not an ending. It's the starting point because it's that starting point of trust. It's that starting point of hope. It's a starting point of transformation. Do you hear that big word, transformation? When we surrender, we acknowledge that we were on a wrong path. Verse 4 again, show me the right path. This indicates I was going the wrong direction, Lord. I wasn't where I needed to be. So when we surrender, it opens up that doorway for God to begin to show us he has a path he wants us on. From the moment you were created in your mother's womb, He had a plan and purpose for your name. But we can choose not to do that. You see, we read between the lines, who I used to be is not who God is intending me to be. And maybe if you've never completely surrendered, you still don't know who that is yet. Obviously, the psalmist is not scared of this new way of life. He's eager. He's like, show me, Lord, lead me there. And all day I'll put my hope in you. In other words, I don't know what that looks like, Lord. But my hope's in you. So I know you're going to be on the path. 
And then verse 7, I loved verse 7. This is where I sat a lot this week looking. Verse 7, do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. Have you ever looked in the mirror? Maybe like when when you're leaving home, you've looked in the mirror, everything looked like it was good, the, the hair is good, the makeup's good, you're dressed well. How many of you have ever gotten in the store and looked in a mirror and go, how did I walk out of the house looking like this? Right? Because the light was different. And, and Claudette, thank you. She loved me this morning. Because all of you who were here earlier obviously do not. Because she walks in the restroom with me and she's looking at me funny and I'm looking at her funny then. What's wrong with me? You know, you know how you feel. Like what's, I had a tag still hanging back here on the back of my jacket. Yeah, you did. I mean, I removed the other three off of this thing, but I had one that she removed, so I didn't have to mini pearl it up here for you. Man, that just aged us. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, right? But you know what I'm talking about. We look in a mirror and everything can look great and, and then you get in a hole or maybe you, you go into a bathroom and the light, that's why them girls are always selfieing in the bathroom because the light is so good, right? It's perfect lighting. We see ourselves too often through our past. We don't surrender because all we see is what we've done. But the psalmist says that God looks at us through the light of his love. In other words, when I've surrendered to Christ, my past is forgiven. And through the light of Christ's love, God just sees what he intends for me to be. So church, when you you hear that whisper, because the enemy loves to highlight everything we've done wrong. Everything you've done wrong, the enemy can bring back to your mind. But God doesn't. God sees us through the light of his love so that he sees who we're intended to be. So often I will pray, God, let me see others the way you see them. Because when he looks at you and I, his creation, he sees who he intended you to be. He says, my child, I'll just take you off of this path and get you over here. We'll start down the right way. I still have a a plan and a future, a hope for you. So wherever you are today, church... God is not finished with you. If you woke up breathing this morning, you still have hope. And you say, oh, but BJ, you don't know my future. You don't know what I'm facing. Like, as long as you have breath, God has a plan for you. It may not be what we hoped for as a youth, It may not be what we intended. Maybe we've made decisions that there are consequences for. You know, when when we put ourselves in debt, there's a consequence for that. You have to pay the debt off. 
right? So we understand that there may be consequences we're dealing with, but God is not finished with you. Because wherever you are sitting today, he can use you to be a witness to those around you. Hope leads to action. Verse 8, the Lord is good and does what is right. I want you to look at these verbs in here. He what? He shows the proper path to those who go astray. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. So hope leads to action. When we surrender to God, and see, that was the deal. There, there was a time frame, about a year, our first year of, ma- of marriage, where I completely surrendered everything. I was in junior high when I first accepted Jesus Christ. There was no action. And then when we got married, I completely surrendered. And man, things started happening. And here we are in Wicks, Arkansas. And that's what happens. Action begins to happen. Why? Because God says, finally, my child, let me show you what we're going to do together. Let me show you where we're going. First is the surrender so that we can trust. And then we have hope in the Lord. And he shows us. He leads us. And he teaches us new ways. Hope is not passive. When we surrender to God, it's not about sitting back. I don't like when people say, well, I'm just waiting on the Lord to show me which way to go. No. First of all, remember the last thing God told you. When when we're not sure on direction, just remember the the last right direction you had and keep going in that direction. Keep walking in that way. And then God will tell you when to make the next turn. He wants to change us. This is why people are like, see, that's... mm, That's where I'm not so sure, BJ. All this change and stuff, right? But church, he wants to change us for the good. God will never harm us. He wants to change how we love ourselves. You know, sometimes the hardest step of surrendering is not God forgiving you because you ask, it's done. Christ already died for your sins, so it's done. The hardest step is sometimes forgiving ourselves and letting go. He wants to change how we love ourselves so that then we can love others. Because until we see ourselves through God's eyes, we can't see others through his eyes. So he wants us to love others. When we, when we lose hope, and I've been there, and I know there's some of you sitting here too, when we lose hope, we fall into this despair. And all it does is paralyze us. When we feel like there's no hope, then why worry about life? Why, why do anything when you don't have hope? Why get out of bed today? Why get out of my jammy pants? 
Why put on makeup and, you know, some days when I am in the lowest points, I just have to go put makeup on and do my hair. And my kids used to come home and they'd be like, Mama, where'd you go today? (laughs) I didn't go nowhere. I just had to put on a face today. Why? Because I had hope that it will get better. Maybe not today and maybe not this week. Because despair paralyzes us to a point of inaction. Hope infuses us to move forward. It's like when somebody's in physical therapy. It's that hope of making a change. Miss Diane, you went through some excruciating physical therapy last year. But it was that hope that I'm going to walk again. And praise God she is. She's out of that chair. Why? Because she held on to hope. One more step today. Two more steps today. Three more steps today. That's what hope does. It pushes us forward. And so when I have hope, when I have surrendered, when I have hope in God because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for me, then the world can throw all they want on me today. But that's not where I find my hope and my joy. We light this candle. One of the the things of Advent is lighting the Advent wreath. And we light it, but it's not meant to just be for you and I in this sanctuary today. I think too often that's all we do. We get excited, we light our candles, and it's so pretty. And and next week, uh, Sherry will have this place just looking superb, and and it will be joyous, and Christmas, and we're going to be excited. But it's not intended to be hoarded inside these walls. Because this hope we have in Jesus Christ, we need to go share it with a dark and broken world. This candle is meant to be carried out, not literally... Jackson's is not here. Okay, all my kids are not here. Not literally. I'm thinking how Alex would have heard that as a kid. Okay, I'll take that candle. But it's it's a reminder to us. Because I know some of you today, I know some of your stories, and I know the hard things you walked in here with. And I'm telling you, God loves you. Every person in this room. God loves you. And there is forgiveness for our sins, if you're online watching. (laughs) And there's a hope for your future. Even when we feel like we've broken life to where it can't be fixed, God is our hope. And I feel like a lot of you get that in here. A lot of people out there don't. A lot of what we see in this world that looks so broken and messed up. James, you talked about, you know, we're seeing right is wrong and wrong is right. It's because they need hope. And church, I don't know if we're doing a good job of telling them about Jesus Christ. And they're finding hope in other places. In things of this world that are going to let them down. That was the whole point last week of the giving plates. I know Paula did her assignment. I think Mr. Leon did his assignment. The giving plates is about just loving on people. 
No church name attached. No nothing. No strings. Just, I want to love you today and hope you'll pass it on to somebody else. That's the whole point of our movie nights coming up. We just want to reach out and bless people somehow. We want to reach out to our community. We want to give them the opportunity to come and see films that will give them. It's like watching the Jesus film for some of you who may be older. And that was the big thing, the Jesus film, which is still going strong, by the way. We partner with them in the Church of the Nazarene, and it's still going strong. Well, this is our local version of that. So whether it's the chosen or whether it's the star for the younger crowd, I want you guys to enjoy it, but I want you to get busy bringing as many people as you can. Because some of you are like, I don't do very well with telling people about Jesus. Then let's show them. Let's show them by the love and hospitality we give them when they're here on our campus. And let's show them what the story of Christ looks like. We light this candle today, and it's the symbol of our hope, even in the midst of darkness. But if all we do is light this candle in this sanctuary, we miss it. We miss the whole part of what Christmas is about. Because there was a dark world that totally missed the birth of Jesus Christ. And there's a dark world today that's totally going to miss the second coming of the King. And there's not going to be a second chance. It's up to you and I, disciples, to share that hope. The world is longing for it. They're craving for it. And you're like, yeah, I don't know if they really want to hear it. You don't know. You don't know how God is calling them. Remember we talked about how God draws people to himself. We're just the vessels that he speaks through sometimes. We're just the vessels that love on people with our hands and our actions. So as we continue to follow after God and move from despair to hope, wherever you are this morning, however dark the cloud is around you, I want you to just look at this candle as a reminder that hope is still alive today. Hope for your future. I'm going to read the rest of this psalms to you. Verse 11, For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity and their children will inherit the land. Now this is not meaning that everybody is going to be rich and awesome and and the prosper gospel. This is talking about security. In this day and age, to have land and and prosperity was a secure uh, feeling for their family. And that's what this world is craving for. Security of knowing. Knowing they are loved. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. Do you hear me, church? So often we feel all alone. Nobody knows. Nobody understands. The psalmist understands. You're not alone. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, have you ever had... 
I almost didn't want to preach this message today because I know that I know that I know when I preach a message like this, we got to walk it this week. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Protect me. Rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. I love that the psalmist starts out talking about his self. We, we feel his anguish and his, his trouble, but he ends up praying for his nation. And church, we need to do that too. We need to cry out to God for our nation as well. That he alone is our salvation. And I'm not talking about our government. Can we separate these two things? Because government is government and it's not intended to be the church. But we need to be telling people about who Jesus Christ is. We need to see the church rise up again. And when we begin to change our communities because the church is rising up, everything else gets changed. You know, there's that saying in government stuff, trickle-down policy. Let me tell you, when, when Christians begin to live as disciples, when we begin to live the truth and the hope, it trickles down into everything else in our communities and in our nation. Our hope doesn't start with a politician. Our hope starts with the God that created them. That's where we turn our eyes upon. Stand with me this morning. These altars are open, and I don't care, Bo, whatever you, you, if you want some background. These altars are open because I feel like we need a moment of surrender. I went through those announcements this morning and I thought, oh Lord, here we are back into the busyness. I don't want us to lose you in the midst of all of that. So can we just surrender our schedules? Can we surrender everything that feels like it's tugging at us this morning? Can we surrender our jobs? Can we surrender our relationships, our marriages? (laughs) Can we surrender ourselves? And admit that, God, I've not been walking the path that I think you intend for me. Show me your way today, Lord. Show me your way. These altars are open. Heavenly Father, we come today. The beginning of the Christian calendar of Advent. God, we come to just surrender all of who we are. Oh, Father... I feel a heaviness in this room today of oppression and and things that people are struggling with. And holidays, as joyous as we try to make them, can sometimes be the hardest. As I said the other day, we have some empty chairs at our tables. Some that are new and some that have been empty for a while, Lord, but we still grieve our loved ones. But God, we still breathe. 
So my hope is in you. God, as I read through the Psalms this week, I was reminded of some prayers that I felt like you didn't answer. (laughs) But my hope is in you. My hope is in that you are trustworthy, that God, you have a plan and a purpose that maybe I don't see yet. And I can trust in that. I can trust in the future you have. Father, I look and I see so many empty seats this morning, and and I hate that. But I trust you still have a plan and a future here. But God, I I know that that plan causes each of us to be in action now. And as we cry out to you this morning, Father, reaching out for that flame of hope, It is my prayer that your disciples will leave this place ready to listen and follow your lead. Through this Advent season leading up into Christmas, God, may it be a time of action as we allow you to change who we are. Not because it brings us anything here in this world, but because of who you are. As we celebrate the birth of Christ, God, may we in joyous anticipation look forward to the second coming of Christ. That you are alive today, Father. Right there, Jesus, by your side. (laughs) And he's coming back. But God, I want to give you thanks for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of each of us this morning. You didn't leave us here and alone. And I am so thankful for that. So may our hearts... Be tuned in to the Spirit this morning to hear every message here and online. And may our hearts continue to meditate your word for the message each of us have received this morning. And may we take this candle of hope and share it with the world outside these walls. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name and all of God's people together said, Amen. Church family, go have a beautiful Sunday with your family and friends, but most of all, go be a blessing to someone else today. Have a great week, and we'll see you Wednesday night at 5 o'clock to decorate. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.